Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. Lots of things happening. We had a WASDE report midweek, but believe it or not, it is like moved over, sitting in the back seat, almost to the back end of the station wagon, because there's so many other factors that are being looked at on this trade the last couple of trading days. The I-40 bridge situation. Now, we know the bridge is back traffic underneath open but there's a lot of backlogs of barges that are lined up soybeans and the weather you know we've had some definitely cooler temperatures in the midwest nobody has talked about replant that is until today as sam hudson is joining us he is with corn belt marketing and i think we need to start there because we have always talked about how this is going to be a definite weather related market this growing season and it's been cool it's been wet and it's not been real favorable to soybeans no, it hasn't. Uh, you know, we've uh, we've had probably on the doorstep of around four inches, four and a half inches in this area. Some areas have had even more than that over the last couple of weeks, and, and more problematic than the, uh, the the moisture itself because we were kind of in a long term dry spell too. We needed it, uh, but the temperatures were just so cool, and some of these early beans we're seeing uh, in a little bit of an impact on them. We're seeing uh, some seed treatment combined with some. Uh, whether it's residual or, or new chemical treatments uh, combined with the cold weather, and these plants just can't metabolize it. So we're seeing some of these crops emerge and then really have a tough time, a tough go of it. I think some warmth this week is going to be beneficial, but this time next week I think we'll we'll probably have a decision made on if, if anything needs to be re- redone, and we are already hearing that that's taking place in some cases. So as you look at these soybeans and the emergence that's taken place so far, how rough are the beans looking that they're even thinking about the replant option? Uh, mostly discolored, disfigured uh, type of situations. Uh, in some cases where they got pounding rain, there was some crusting issues. So in those situations those where they knew they had poor populations, it was a little easier to go out and make that decision. In addition to that, it makes it easier to find seed the quicker you make that decision. And I think that's going to be a problem here on the back end of this as these decisions are getting made is what kind of numbers and varieties are you going to, are even going to be available um, and what does that mean from an overall you know yield drag standpoint both for the state, local area, and the nation in general because this isn't the only place that's dealing with this, but it's kind of a, you know, from a precipitation uh, situation of the haves and have-nots in, in terms of seeing what's fallen in the central Corn Belt versus the northern plains, and the forecasts hold a lot of the same. You know, you talk about you the cold, wet temperatures for you guys, and then you look at other parts of the, of the U.S., and it is dry, and, and producers are begging for some sort of rain. They are. It seems like, uh, in general, I-80 and north is really in a tough spot, especially Dakotas, parts of northern Minnesota. Um, and, and thus far, we haven't really seen any real hot temperatures yet, but seasonably, it looks like into month end, we're going to get uh, some toastier temperatures, you know, more 80, 90 plus degrees. And as quick as it can heat up out there, uh, if they're short on moisture, it's just going to bake things even further. And, you know, a lot of discussion on what acres could look like this year, but um, you know, whatever you write down, whether you're adding, you know, a million or two acres of corn or beans or whatever your thought process is there, uh, the national average is still going to be, you know, the biggest kicker. If we have a, a, tr- a yield that comes in 10 bushel under trend, obviously it's a problem whether you add acres or not. So how this filters into the grand scheme of things long term is going to be important. But in the meantime, we're uh, you know, dealing with some digestion, uh, you know, with this bridge incident and, and just some other happenings in the market to provide a pretty big correction with corn almost a dollar off the highs now. All right, let's talk about that. The I-40 bridge, we know yesterday definitely, and on Thursday was making some market news. This morning they made the announcement. The bridge itself isn't open, but traffic underneath for the barges should be up and running. Yes, at 9 a.m. this morning, it looks like they opened that back up again. And at the time, there was uh, you know well over a thousand barges, several you know numerous other vessels waiting to pass. I think they were going to prioritize some of the fuel shipments and uh, other things going on there, but. Uh, 
going to be business as usual again here shortly enough. And I think there will be still a lot of interest in terms of these repairs. If they're going to take two months, will there be any intermittent shutting down, shutdowns or anything like that? Um, even if there are, they'll be scheduled and kind of expected. So I don't see it becoming a big problem, but it kind of goes over, serves as a reminder of just how fragile uh, the overall logistics systems, you know, could be, uh, and and you know, some have likened it to the uh, Suez Canal incident. Uh, that if it were lasting, just how impactful that could be for, uh, you know, our trade uh, specifically. So should we be nervous, or should we wait to see what happens movement this weekend and the next week on this barge traffic? You know, with the weakness we've seen, you know, a break in a dollar here off the highs, i got to believe at some point here we're going to grab hold. Uh, the concern today is, is, you know, more or less with the spreads in general and then seeing how uh, Gulf premiums are still kind of at a, at a premium to some of these South American values. So kind of paint paints this path where into summer we built so much in on the front end here uh, just in case things you know turned into the worst case scenario and that being said we're finishing up planting season here soon enough it's going to turn into trucking season what inventories are out there are still going to get delivered to market uh, you know the farmers are going to sleep out the bins and, and that may allow for this July contract to find bushels a little easier than it was for this May contract when ethanol was coming back online our export market was white hot and you had a farmer in the field. Does it surprise you though? We had so many purchases from China this year or this week, including a Friday purchase and the corn market, you know, it just couldn't muster the positives. It couldn't, and I'm not surprised to see a break. It was probably a little deeper than I would have guessed, uh, you know, going into this week. Um, but once again, you know, when you see USDA go up 100 million with demand, and you know, to me, we saw we saw cancellations this week. We saw a really slow week last week. Fast forward six weeks from now, if we stay on a pace like we're seeing now, and more interest in the new crop as opposed to the old, we're going to realize someday that we're, we're, you know, we have enough to bridge the gap. We're not going to run out of corn. Um, and, and the next, uh, you know, kind of crunch time is going to be that August, September early October time frame all the way through December until that pipeline is completely full. Uh, and then we'll take a look at what South America is going to have for an acreage expansion. If anything should be nervous is the soybeans as tight as those supplies have been. Yeah, and we're seeing the beans gain on corn. Unfortunately, it's happening in the lower market. You saw beans uh, still a little bit higher today, but with the corn sharply lower, that spread's able to gain traction um, w- without a uh, mutual rally. So we'll see if the corn can finally catch its feet a little bit next week. I would think this, uh, you know, 540 to 550 area in December is going to provide kind of a psychological support. I don't think you're going to have a a lot of panic selling, cash selling going on in that contract, at least not yet. Uh, But the risk moving forward here is if weather starts to improve and then there is a risk for higher acres at the end of June, we may look back on this time frame and realize that if weather does cooperate fully, uh, maybe that was the high. Stick around, folks. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing this conversation with Sam Hudson. Sam, again, is with Corn Belt Marketing. And we haven't really talked much all week about crop progress and, and how things are going. Uh, we touched a little bit on it from a, from a soybean perspective in your neck of the woods. But around the Midwest and these numbers and information that's coming out, what are you thinking? I mean, we're well ahead of pace. So, you know, we mentioned the possibility of some replant out there here and there. Um, if it was too saturated or too cold, we got time to do that still. Um, and it just hasn't really garnered much attention on the way up. Uh, you know, it wasn't a, a bearish point of confliction or anything like that. I think the big thing moving forward here is now that we're finally getting some warmer temperatures is, is seeing, you know, a percent planted versus the percent emerged. I think the, the emergence factor is really going to explode here over the next two weeks. Uh, and that'll incite, uh, you know, probably some fertilizer work and just some other 
their field work in general. So uh, I don't think there's too much to be concerned about there. Um, and from a weather standpoint, if anything, it looks like uh, at least south of I-80, the plains are going to get some moisture to maybe you know help repair or you know improve this wheat crop and, and corn and beans in those regions as well. Well, you talk about the wheat crop, and I know that the Kansas Wheat Quality Tour gets underway this coming week, and it'll be nice to hear what we're hearing number-wise as they get down in the dirt to look at these fields. Yeah, it will be. And, and you know, we've heard so much about, uh, you know, this long-term drought. We had, you know, winter kill, of course, and uh, it'll just be interesting to see what some of these rain, recent rains and what you know, we could be seeing even in the next week, what potential that could have to repair some of these crops. Uh, we know with the values of corn and beans being so high, it, it offers a lot of incentive to, to maybe go to another crop um, or, you know, roll with the weed and, and, and aim to do a double crop situation if you think it's going to be good enough. So um, it, domestic wheat basis, I think, is going to remain pretty good from a market standpoint. I think the Black Sea region probably has more weight in terms of where this market direction can go. If they get into a drought situation, that could really keep, uh, you know, the fire uh, to the feet in terms of the acreage rally or battle that we could see next year. We've been planting so few wheat acres that if you start blowing wheat prices up, in addition to what we've already seen with corn and beans going on, um, it's going to be hard to find some of those acres if we need them again. But they're going to need a pretty big problem. It's just something to keep an eye on. All right, we got to switch over to the livestock side. And all I can think is Oive. I've never been so happy to see a Friday come for a livestock market as I did this week. It definitely was a struggle from from day one. Well, and it has been for a while, you know, this whole dynamic with the, you know, the kind of the Packer wins again situation. Um, you know, we've seen cash prices recover a little bit. Obviously, the beef market's just on fire um, with choice well over 300 select, uh, you know, hitting that number as well. Uh, you can't keep a balloon down forever. Uh, and it just felt like we were due for a big bounce uh, with the drop in feed costs. Obviously, the feeders have kind of led the way higher here. be interesting to see if in August can take out this week's highs at some point. But, uh, you know, the numbers still suggest we've got enough. It's just a function of if you get a kind of a rubber band effect like we've seen in some of these other markets after a tumultuous time. All right. What are you thinking about this about this cash market, though, as, as we look into this next couple of weeks, we start to pick up grilling season and hopefully demand picks up with it. Hopefully demand picks up with it, but as much as anything, I think it's still this employee shortage. You know, it's a supply chain problem across the board. Um, you know, we've seen this happen numerous times with the cattle uh, industry in particular, but now we're seeing it uh, in almost everything from condiments, um, you know, to, to, you know, fuel and everything. So uh, <laughs> until we can really change the landscape there, get people back to work, this could be, you know, kind of a sloppy, choppy, uh, you know, linkage in the supply chain still moving forward until we get to, you know, beginning of the fourth quarter. Not what cattle guys want to hear, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It isn't, you know, supposedly there are some meetings this week to maybe, uh, you know, talk about some of these issues, but we'll see what comes of it. All right, the Hogs, what are you thinking there? Uh, Friday saw some definite drop in the trade for them as well. Yeah, and with the broad-based, you know, sell-off, not too surprising to see a little bit of weakness there too, especially with this uh, lean hog index, you know, maybe slowing down a little bit. Maybe the cash market's slowing down a little bit. Uh, you still got lean hog index near 111, but that may going off the board today. You know, keep in mind that June contract was up to one, as much as 115 here recently. So I think it was just an, an easy course to see a bit of a correction there. I would look for some pretty solid support in that June, you know, down around 107. I don't think we need to slip too much there uh, unless we're looking at a bigger washout across the board and all these ads and commodities. All right, I'm curious, what, what's going to be your go-to watch as we head into the overnight trade of Sunday night into next week? Uh, you know, definitely want to see, keep an eye on this corn market. I think we'll want to see what, uh, you know, commitment to traders looks like this week, but we're not going to really learn about what the sell-off means uh, in terms of money flow until we get information next week. This data is only accurate as of Tuesday, uh, so seeing where the money is positioned uh, is, is probably definitely a, a 
point of interest for me, uh, but also want to see what uh, what some of these basis levels do. You know, ultimately the cash market's what got us uh, to to some of these high price levels to start out with, uh, and if they remain in retreat, I think that's a signal that uh, you know we. Like I said, we're going to make, we're going to bridge the gap to new crop, and that's where a lot of this risk gets put under the new crop contracts, uh, and in the yield and weather specifically moving forward. All right, uh, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Sam? 800-655-3380, or you can go to www.cornbeltmarketing.com or follow us on Twitter at Samuel B. Hudson. All right, that is the Fontenelle final bell for you. Wrapping up a trading week, just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss. Now, they're not suitable for all investors. You can find this and previous Fontenelle final bells through our website at ruralradionetwork.com, wherever you subscribe, Google and Apple. And, of course, we are on Spotify as well. Have a great weekend. That's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Thanks a lot, Susan. 67 degrees and 232 here in Lexington.